Sid and I have gotten pretty good at a couple of Rush songs. What do you mean, like fast-paced rock? No, like Rush. Like the band Rush. I don't know them. The Holy Triumvirate. The... Wait, you don't know Rush? No. You tell you don't know Rush, the no. band? No, mm-mm. Exit the Warrior, today's Tom Sawyer? No! I cannot believe you've never heard Rush. Hey, let me ask you something. Are you ready to get your world rocked? Ready! Yes. Are you ready to get your mind blown? Do it! You want to get some Neil Pert all up in you? I don't know. Well, prepare to be Russified! God, there is no drummer better than Neil Pert! It ain't easy being cheesy. And here we go. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. I'm gonna kill you. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. That's not how the force works. Very small man can cast a very large shadow. This <laughs> does put a smile on my face. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. Most impressive. You are on the Sith list. I have spoken. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 180 of the Sith list. I'm your host, Arash Dolachahi, and this motivated episode, my co-pilots, the young, the restless, the bearded one, Mr. Carlos Buarguel, the man we call Crunch Crunch, the man who is sucking on a knob, or you can call it a cough drop, Mr. Lesses. Ricola Gonzalez. Ricola. <laughs> the man everybody calls King Tom. The man who puts the cha on Chonsky. I'm just going to keep using that, King Tom. Mr. King Tom Chansky. How you doing, buddy? I, I've been told I got a short fuse lately, so move on with it. Oh, Wow. So all he does is yell at me via, via text message. Yeah. You, you add an exclamation point and Araj just feels it. The man we call El Hombre. A modern day warrior, you might say. Mr. Eric. <laughs> Dude, that was a really good setup, man. You nailed it. Strawbers. That's right. <laughs> and tonight... We have a special episode because we're crossing over to the other side. We always have one third of the motivation each week, but tonight we decided to go full Monte, bring in all the motivation we can have to the Sith Lair. Please welcome Dallas Wood and Luke Cruiser to the Sith List. What's up, guys? Uh, there's a whole lot of sausage in this, uh, this Skype, that's all I want to say. It's a whole <laughs> bunch of it. But it's good to be back. I was here recently, and it's good to be back up in the Sith Lair. Good yeah, time. yeah. I'm, I'm glad you've been here recently. We haven't had Dallas on 
I just realized since the prequels, man, since before, <laughs> before, we, before we even had episodes. <laughs> but uh, I'm glad you're back, Dallas. Thank you for coming on, man. I'm so sorry it took this long to have you come back. Hey, no problem. No barking from the dog. No smug. And mama cooked the breakfast with no hog. And then now, exactly why I know why you haven't been on since episode 13. <laughs> totally get it. He's totally doing it. Ice Cube today was a good day. Oh, he, I, I love his reference. I was listening to their podcast to the Bad Motivators, obviously. He just, he did some reference crickets. Every dude. week, every week, every week. <laughs> Eric, okay, well, because, okay, Eric, Eric appreciated two weeks ago, which was, thank you, Eric. That was awesome. Yeah, but we also accept and acknowledge that we are wider than white paint on the wall. So, I mean. Like- <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure Les appreciates it, right? Les got it real quick. Yeah, I did. <laughs> he got it real quick. Well, how's everybody doing? I'm going to go with uh, you two, our guests first. Uh, how you guys doing? How's everything going? Good, man. Yeah, everything's going good. Everything's coming up, Struthers. <laughs> Eric, it usually is. lucky if everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm telling you right now. God, if I, I could, could do a lot worse. Of that. Yeah, right. Eric, how you doing, buddy? You know what I mean? Dude, I'm great, man. My dad came over to visit today, and we went to go see The Rise of Skywalker at the Omnimax, oh, which is the gigantic right? dome-shaped thing, yeah. at uh, the St. Louis Science Center. And oh, I posted shit. a picture of it. He's standing, like the movie's over and the credits are rolling, and I actually happened to get Kelly Marie Tran's name on the screen. Oh, cool. But I took a picture of it just for reference. Dude, that screen is like at least 50 feet away from us. And it looks like he's standing right in front of it because it's, it's is it, so big. Eric, is that the one that goes over, literally over you? Yeah, it's so it's a, it's a dome-shaped thing, and they shoot movies specifically for it. Like, right. it'll be completely filled in the dome, almost too much to handle at times. Yeah. But, so this is obviously just your standard, like, IMAX aspect ratio where it's 70 millimeter film type. But anyway, they got a brand new laser projector, too. It is banging. But, dude, I got to hang out with my dad, and that was that's, dope. That's that the guy. most important, yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. I've done that before, but not for a movie, uh, per se. They had it. They still have the actual dome at Caesars Palace. Dallas, you, you go to Vegas a lot. You probably know what I'm talking about. They had yeah. one at Caesars Palace, and they had specific like space shuttle and space movies for it. And it was yeah. a trip, man, back in the day. They did and, like rock laser shows there too. Yes, yes, that's right. That's right. It's pretty cool. I can't imagine watching Star Wars there. Very cool, man. I'm glad you got to spend some time here, Pops. That's rad. Even more enjoyable this the fourth time, I think it is. Fifth. Fifth time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Very it cool. was cool, man. It was cool. Uh seen it in most formats by this point. And uh yeah, I'm ready to get the movie home. That's what I'm ready for. Yeah. All right, I hear you. King Tom, how you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm up to eight times. Oof. I think for Rise of Skywalker. And like Eric said, I wanted it at home, but you know, it's still in the theaters. Although my theater really isn't doing any shows past nine, which is tough because I got to put the kids to bed. And my daughter gets mad if I see it without her. Um, oh, that's cool. But I, I still want to see it a few more times. Okay. Well, are you guys ready to get into this? A Week in Geek? Yeah. Absolutely. I'm very excited about this. This is going to be a good time. I even cracked the beer. I haven't cracked a beer, I don't think, in like two, three months. I mean, I've mango cracked beers. Tart, tart. Nice yeah, mango. I'm talking out yeah, for the podcast. I've cracked beers. So <laughs> we are going to need it. Yeah, we're going to need it. We're going to need it. Here are the uh, shenanigans. Uh, we are proud members of the Make a Star Wars Podcast Network. Tune into podcasts like now this podcasting, Blue Harvest, Steel Wars, Rogue One, Podcast 2187, First Order Transmissions, the Cargo Kessel Run Radio, who's morphed into Kessel Run Radio Transmissions or some shit like that with Noah. <laughs> 
and our boy Corey fingered by Randy and Jason tattooing sun uh, and around the galaxy a Star Wars fan podcast check us out on sithless.net on making Star Wars.net and email us the sithless at gmail.com and find us on Facebook Instagram the sithless and all that good stuff what are you doing you're supposed to be out plowing the field it's hot we'll do it tomorrow come on man it's your job uh not really feeling it Hey, could you move a little? You're totally blocking my view. Uncle Owen, this droid has a bad motivator. If you haven't heard of the bad motivators, you're probably living under a rock because most of our listeners obviously listen to them because it's a great podcast. It's a great Star Wars podcast. It's a great podcast with the perspective of fathers raising their kids and raising them right and raising them the Star Wars way. You guys want to talk about kind of like a synopsis of what the podcast is about. I know Eric does it every week, but... Let's hear it from Luke and let's hear it from Dallas. I would say just for us, we intake everything we can when it comes to Star Wars, whether it be books, comics, TV shows, cartoons, movies, all that good stuff. Toys, toys, all toys, 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 all day long toys. So we just we just approach it from a, a genuine a, a genuine aspect of love. And we acknowledge that sometimes there's missteps, but we don't dwell on them like a lot of people seem to. So um, I would say that's the best way we go about it. Week to week. You know what I loved it today? I was listening and I heard Luke say, man, I just fucking love Star Wars. I'm just sick and tired of hearing people talk shit on it. Just, man, I just like it. And Dallas, <laughs> yeah. like, just get, Dallas is like, just get, keep giving me content, man. I don't care. That's exactly where I lie. Like, just be happy yeah. you have it. But for the people that don't understand that we didn't have Star Wars for so fucking long. Nope. And we have it now. And we have a shit ton of it. And it's great stuff. I mean, even if you don't like the stuff, it's still above and beyond the shit that you, we used to get just randomly, just like video games and shit and EU books. Just be happy. Just chill. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I feel like we spend our time mostly trying to create positivity around Star Wars and what we enjoy about it. And uh, my middle school friend who I'm still friends with, he's designed t-shirts with us and stuff. I was mm. chatting with him in a, today and we he, he just said to me very poignantly, he's like, the thing people have forgotten is Star Wars is like Indiana Jones. It's just fun. There's mm-hmm. things that just aren't going to happen in real life, and then you forget it's, a, you know, and just just relax. It's just fun. Did yeah. you have fun? Great. Awesome. What part was fun? And then let's make fun of the stuff you don't like instead of just sit there and dwell on about how you don't like it. Right. But, yeah. I mean, if, if, if your thing with movies is, you know, I need it to be this certain way, I mean, I can't help you if you can't enjoy it, but I, I, can, I, I understand. Yeah, no, I get that. And I, I yeah. like to ask you guys questions about that. And you, everybody's take on um, if, if the way Star Wars is being made now, what is a better way of doing it? Uh, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. But before that, let's get into the box office. We have a new source, and that's boxofficepro.com, which I'm getting mm-hmm. some up-to-date information from. Mm-hmm. And then this weekend... North America viewers, moviegoers actually, uh, veered outright fantasy to historical reality, crowning Universal's 1917 the box office champion over Star Wars. And Sam Mendes' directed WW1 World War I film, WWF, I was going to say WWF, brought an estimated $36.5 million in its wide debut. I got to see 1917. Did anybody else get to see it? I did as well. You I did as well. It. Anybody else? No, no but I want to. Okay, so non spoiler review. It's a fucking masterpiece. Yeah, it, it is a simple story, like the simplest story you could possibly imagine. But this is the example of where a director can take something so simple and make it a legendary like movie. 
It's mm. exactly what it is. It's done so well. The acting is done so well. The cinematography, the editing, the style, the music, the sound. It's going to win Best Picture, and he's going to win Best Director. Mm-hmm. And that's a category wow. with Scorsese and the Irishman and Joker. I'm telling you, it is fucking great. And I hope you guys all get to go see it. It's definitely worth watching. And watch it in a big format and yeah. with big sound. Yeah. The, is that the what you, biggest, your take on it? Exactly. Yeah. The biggest screen, the, the biggest sound possible, all of it. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I uh, Was it a lock for... I think it might sweep more than just Best Picture and Best Director. Yeah. I, I think it might do... Uh, fucking almost everything. You know, it's gonna I don't take- know how many nominations got. I know Joker got eleven at Leeds. I think which I'm very stoked cinematography. about. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I'm I, sure it's gonna it win cinematography. Win for that. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it got beautiful. like seven, seven nominations or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it is a gorgeous film. Just everything, just the when and then you just watching the film, the craftsmanship of it, the just it it, it is a piece of art. You know, all a lot of media is art. But this truly feels like it's something special. Mm-hmm. Like, holy shit. And a lot of the times it reminded me of uh, Saving Private Ryan. Oh, it did. Absolutely. Saving Private mm-hmm. Ryan. And I'm Absolutely. thinking the whole time, I'm like, Saving Private Ryan is almost a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. I would love to see mm-hmm. it this kind of style. Yeah. Where you follow the one person. It's the one, it's the one you know, almost simultaneous shot. All that. I'm like, that would be fucking, that, that might even make it better, which is, I didn't think it would be possible. Was it better than Dunkirk? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the, the cool thing about this is you're on edge the entire film because it's shot on a one shot perspective. There's only one time where it changes your perspective mm-hmm. at all. Like it, it's shot like in real time and there's no letting up in the film. No. And there can be because they have to, obviously it's a story of they have to go somewhere and make sure they know about an attack before it happens. So you're on a mission with these guys. It's just awesome done really really well so basically it's like the revenant bear scene but for like two hours yes <laughs> yes exactly yeah. exactly exactly yeah. that yeah. it's like right, exactly yeah, that's that oh so good and then yeah. and then the movie is two hours and you actually feel the two hours yeah because you're following this character the entire time right you feel like i haven't missed anything mm-hmm. what he's you, everything that he sees and everything that he goes through you know you know you, you have the jump no not jump cuts but you know Something like, oh, well, I really don't have a grasp of time. You know, it might have been two days already or something like that. Nope. The two hours is literally the two hours. Like, holy shit, this guy's, I, I'm following this guy's every single step. And it kind of felt like you're playing Call of Duty. Yeah. It felt like you're playing a video mm-hmm. game and it's that perspective and you're like an over the shoulder. And, or it's, just, it's just crazy. Yeah. Oh, just go see it. One take. One take. It's one take. I, I know the movie was. The whole he, movie. Yeah, the whole movie is one take. I know he split it up into, I think, four takes. Mm. Pretty crazy what they yeah. accomplished. It is really, and it's a story that came from his grandfather. That's that's something I didn't know about beforehand, and I saw that I was like, wow, mm-hmm. that's that that adds that's that's a touching moment. Yeah, it's really cool. That's from really Sam nice. Mendes? Yeah, Sam Mendes' his grandfather. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah, pretty cool, pretty that's cool. cool. Pretty so cool. check it out, check it out. Definitely gets the the silver poop yes. from Boo and I at least. Mm-hmm. I think now, uh, since we have the fine young cannibals in the Sith layer, <laughs> uh, we need to talk a little Star Wars. What do you think, Mr. Strathers? Well, they definitely drive me crazy. Ah! <laughs> and curveball. You're welcome. King Tom, I thought you were going to come out and come through on that one. So, the big thing people are talking about right now is the- Suspicious Minds. <laughs> 
settle that. The big thing people are talking about right now is the uh, Trevorrow script details, the leaks. And have, has anybody come out and officially verified that, yes, this is from him? There have been other sources, I believe the AV Club and some other news stories. It, there was the first guy, the Robert Meyer Burnett, who had the podcast Monday, then someone affiliated with uh, some other YouTube show, he had he had seen a script of it, and now Jason had an article today where they were they saw or had a copy of the first draft. He had a copy of Trevorrow's last draft, and he ran down it. And he says it's legit. Oh, I didn't see so that. Multi- yeah, multi- and he went into details about what's cha- what changed from the first draft to the last. His his actually. Well, his was written as opposed to a, a podcast or something on YouTube. So I felt like his was a little bit more complete. I've read it. What the, the pre-draft ones, not the Jason one. So I, I'm up to date with that. So let me ask you guys this. While it's neat and all that, what is the point of getting <laughs> in a bus about it now? The movie's made. There's, this, there's nothing that can be done about it. There are and petitions. No, God, Bill are, you, are, are you serious? We could make a peti- no. There, there, there isn't one yet, oh. I guess. But I, I'm Sith saying, petition. There you go. Right yeah, now. yeah. The, the, the you know, <laughs> Star. This is like nothing can happen. I'm like, oh, wait a minute, sir. Wait a minute. There's oh, always a you. There's always a petition. <laughs> I am going to tell you to stop it. Stop it right <laughs> this minute, sir. Cut that out. But, Cut it out. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I mean. You, you always the limit of what could have been, but what are your guys' take on it? Do you think, oh, I wish this is the movie they would have made instead? Here's my take, okay? I read most of what Jason had to say, and or what his sources told and stuff like that. I do find it interesting I do all I like that way, just because it's more information about Star Wars. But overall, I feel like it only continues this constant barrage of negativity. And like, I, like, I, I, I get it that people wanted something else from what they got, but the truth is they're never going to get it. So why, why carry on so much about it? Like I, I like, like for me personally, like if you would say, Hey, we have, we, we, we have the, the original version of Solo or most of it, or we have the original version of Rogue One. I'm more interested in that because it actually was filmed. It was actually a thing. But but this never made it past a Word document. So it's kind of like interesting to hear, but it, it, it stops at that for me. And that's how I feel about it. What DC movie was it? Not the, you know, the Justice League stuff, but I'm talking before that. Maybe Suicide Squad, where there was like a different version of it that they, mm-hmm. that everybody was like, oh, they should have made that. This is the opposite. You read it and you're like, you weren't interested. Yeah, right before I came on, I was just like, uh, no thanks. Right. <laughs> well, here's I, I have a I mean, question. And I, like, I read the spoilers going into the movie. Like, I was reading all the spoilers, all of Jason's stuff. I was yeah. reading all of it. I right. was just going, okay, let's do it. And there was some stuff I'm like, ugh. They do that, you know what I mean? Like kind of how the people who don't like the movie feel. But then when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is great. And so maybe kind of just needed to be like, you know, exposed to it ahead of time. So maybe that was one of the reasons I don't. I really enjoy the movie. I'm not saying it's the greatest thing ever. 
I'm right. just saying I really enjoyed the film. Yeah, I, I did too. It's, it's really sad that we have to deal with this type of stuff, to be honest. Let me give you the, the five biggest differences from the Trevorrow script. Okay. And, and then now I'm gonna ask your opinion. This is okay. from what I've read, not Jason's stuff. This is the early drafts. The title was supposed to be called Duel of the Fates, which I thought was kind of a cool little nod to John Williams. Yeah. Whatever, I'll take that. Two, Rose had a lot more to do, which I get that. Three, Force Ghost Luke was everywhere in it. Four, Kylo doesn't get redeemed, which I was on board with this until I saw Rise of Skywalker. And I love what they did with Kylo and his arc. And five, Ray is just Ray, no lineage. So that's the major difference. Is Jason vindicated? You're referring to Trevor yeah. Rowe talking to Jason on Twitter yeah. saying he's never doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Yep. Jason later said it's well, I don't even think he said this, but I'm saying this for Jason. Jason was pretty much ninety nine percent right in all his spoilers, and the one thing he didn't get was mm-hmm. that. So that was very interesting and to me. Trevorrow's whole line was the stuff that Jason had was not in any version that he and his writing partner wrote. After the draft Jason reported on today was finished. Kathleen Kennedy fired Trevorrow's writing partner, and they brought in this other guy, the guy he wrote, Wonder, he's written a few other films, drawing a blank in his name, and he submitted a draft. And the Mm -hmm. idea is that stuff that Jason had reported on back in early December was in this guy's draft, not Trevorrow's. Ah, But Jason Jason had the name of a villain, I think it was Solaway, who was mentioned in Trevorrow's. Yeah, well, he, he was he was he was a, a knight of Ren, right? She it was a she, but it was a yes, she. it was like Solo Way Ren or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then she ended up in Jason's version. She ended up playing a part in the in the duel at the end. Okay, yeah. so he was redeemed, like in a way, because he, he turned back and helped Ray fight this person. Right? In that in that one in that one, yeah, but not, but, not and, in this early one that we were reading about today, right? It's all I fucking mess. Well, at the, oh, end Jason's, of, yeah. at the end of the day, <laughs> excuse me. That's right. No coughing, please. At the end of the day, um, I still like the movie. What we got was great. All this layering and complications. Right. And other crap. Just, just give me, you know, just give it straight to me. You know what That's I think it. of it? I think of it as EU legends, dude. There That's what it is. You just gave me another just, story. Just Thanks. It in Appreciate it. It's not canon. Yeah. It'll never be done. Nope. So all it does is perpetuate this bullshit of, Let's do this again. Let's JJ cut it. Blah, 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 blah. It's oh, not yeah. going to happen. That's Chill. Game of Thrones is not going to redo their last fucking episode either. Chill. Mm-hmm. God. I, I will trade nothing for the Ben Solo. I need a hero moment when he comes in. I won't. <laughs> yeah. I won't. Yeah. It's perfect cinema. It's perfect emotion. You feel the moment. It, it, his whole fight there is amazing. I, I, it, all of that, well, all of what happens up to that moment makes all of that worth it. And yep. like, yes, yes, a lot of it's clunky. Yes, the the whole thing with the emperor is kind of what the fuck is that? But like, the fact that there's 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 this really powerful knight of Ren that could challenge Ray and Kylo at the same time is flabbergasting. Well, the there was time. also there was also a seven thousand year old Sith master who yeah. in one of the versions, and there was also a duel with between Kylo and Darth Vader. There were some interesting ideas, but oh, in God. no in no way was what Trevorrow wrote better. It served more as an ending to the trilogy, not an ending to the saga. And as someone who likes the background information and the stories, I like this stuff, but it's not better. And I almost think, because Burnett, the first guy who reported on it, he it felt like he had a lot of background material that wouldn't be in the script. He had a lot of praise for Trevorrow, 
And at the end of his video, he kind of bashed JJ. So I'm almost wondering if he got it from Trevorrow or someone in Trevorrow's camp to take the legs out from underneath JJ. Wow. Very possible. Very, well, very possible. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah so. Especially yeah. people getting fired left and right. Absolutely. And Trevorrow's yeah. got a reputation now, if I'm not mistaken, right? He didn't, something, didn't he do something stupid? That was Trank. Oh, okay. That was Trank. Okay. Yeah, but Trevorrow has been kind of salty about Star mm-hmm. Wars ever mm-hmm. since he got fired. Of course. He must write for Esquire. Huh. <laughs> no, or, and then or Forbes. Or Forbes. Or Forbes. Or Forbes. No, Forbes. Forbes. Forbes is the one that works. Hey, hey, yeah. hey, you know what? When I saw that that uh, Star Wars crossed a billion today, I didn't see one article from Forbes about well, it. I, I know, right? <laughs> the guy from Forbes tweeted the other day that like Fuck. he passed his monthly limit of articles. That he can write for them. Oh, man. <laughs> so he can, he's waiting with his finger on the submit button for midnight on Friday. <laughs> worst, worst billion dollar movie ever. The, the, the best one is the one I, I think I tweeted about. It said, How Christmas Saved the Rise of Skywalker from oh, Disaster. Lord. I'm like, uh, What the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah. Go ahead, Boo. You were going to say something? Yeah. So a lot of these, a lot of these points from the script. Yeah, make me feel like like what uh, like I felt the same way that King Tom felt that it's a it's a end to the trilogy, but not to the saga. This made me feel like this was their plan for a two part ending because I don't feel like this is enough to end the saga. This is enough to in the script. You mean? Yeah, exactly. I I I don't feel like it was the. I I think I would have been like, okay, that's a good movie. But where's the rest of my stuff? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I need closure. I need an answer. I need this. I need mm-hmm. that. So yeah. So the whole time I was I was looking at the the bullet points and things like that. I'm like, okay, this would be great as a part one. Right. But where's my part two? So it makes me think that they might have had. I I doubt a Harry it. Potter situation. Yeah, I doubt it. But yeah, I I got that sense when I was reading. I was like, that's some cool stuff. Mm. Where's the rest of it? Right. Yeah. Right. You're absolutely right, Boo. Like this felt like the, the movie we got feels like an ending. Mm-hmm. What 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 Tavaro was giving us doesn't it felt like there was it was it was more to it. Yes, right. exactly. Yeah. yeah. For all the pe- that people complain about the rise of Skywalker, the pacing in Trevorrow's version is just as quick, and there are just as many locations. Yeah, that's true. That is true. That would have been all over the place as well, and so. more needing explained. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. Yeah, there's a lot there, in there. There would have been a volume two to the Visual Dictionary. Yeah. Boom. Speaking of visual dictionaries, Eric, did we find out where Uncle Paps came from? Dude, I meant to dig mine out. Well, mine. Oh, wait, 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 wait a minute. Just because, it. just because it, these two guys are Stop on, it. we're going to get to that level. And uh, I totally did not do that. But um, I can look it up right now and uh, see, well, I unless think- you know off the top of your head. In the visual dictionary, it goes into detail how this actually came about. I know after we saw the movie, that was one of the big questions, one of the big complaints is, yeah, he's there. How the hell did he get there? It was done using a combination of technology and the occult. So those people that were there, what do they call them? The Sith followers? Sith, uh, Sith something. Mummies. Mummies, something <laughs> like that. They're ghouls. The, the ghouls. They were the ones who brought him back with technology and the occult and i think we saw a combination of that they were working on shit and doing weird shit throughout the film in the lab in the lab if i have one complaint about the rise of skywalker is why do we have to rely on the visual dictionary to give us source material on major plot points in the last film of the whole fucking saga we don't have time it was it's a, it's a one on. liner moving on it's a one liner you don't need it moving on he brought me back because of Hold fucking on, technology let me, let me, let me, let me we're moving on 
Moving. Let me elevator pitch this to you. Cutting it off. Moving on. Screen roll. And then they show wreckage of the Death Star. These people scouring it, pulling up some kind of DNA sample or anything that they can find a Palpatine. Like a dick. Like a little dick. Whatever. A beam mm-hmm. of skin or whatever. I don't care. And Force then them going underground. Force skin. Like going, you know, and it's like a montage. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden it shows him back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They could have done three minute little things. He's he's growing in a, he's it. growing in a back to tank kind of thing. Yes. And they penis first. Skin? Yeah. I don't remember who tweeted out this picture from the visual dictionary, but it was talking about the Sith Troopers. And I don't know if you guys heard, but the mm-hmm. Sith Troopers are apparently the kids the of kids. all those freaks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the stadium. yeah they're, 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 they were the fucking. That's all they were doing. Yeah. Because yeah, the, uh, there's 10,000 Star Destroyers. They're all manned by all the children. You was it? I think it's like 29,000 people per like Star Destroyer. It's like almost 300 million people. Yeah, man. That's Jeez. a lot of, that's a lot of fucking, yeah. A lot of fucking. There's no galactic prophylactics there. <laughs> yeah. The Sith was all Do about it. going to a total orgy planet yeah. at a stadium. Oh, oh my god! Yeah. yeah, if they're not working, they're fucking. Yeah. Listen, we've go all ahead. had go sex ahead. in front of other people. All right. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not pretend like that's I not a thing. Time. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Eric, what do you think about that though? What do you think about what sex in front of other people? No, not that. I got oh. his opinion on that. Oh, okay. But uh, what do you think about? Having to pull source material out on major plot points like that. What are we pulling out? And he's digging something out. (laughs) Well, (laughs) it's like this. Okay, it's it's annoying. It definitely is. But at the same time, like just take my dad for example, average Star Wars movie goer. Right? Mm -hmm. He doesn't give a damn. That's true. That was neat. That's so true, though. Yeah. And so, I mean, while I do agree, it. It would be nice to know for a lot of people who aren't insane, like us. Like, <laughs> That's so hey, true. You know, because you know what he asked me today? We're driving along after me. He goes, well, wait a minute. One thing I want to know is, I don't even remember what he said. And I said, well, I can explain that to you, no problem. Because the force. He started laughing because he knew exactly what I was going for. It's like, right. just because that's what they needed it to do. Yeah, right. I feel like. There were some things that they did try to explain in there that felt, I don't know, kind of heavy-handed. And Okay, it, the, when she heals the serpent, that completely meaningless, with the exception of showing you that it's a thing ahead of time. Mm-hmm. There's no legitimate reason for her to be like, wait a minute, guys. We've intruded in this. It's, it's, it's so random when you really look at that scene and what it means. It's like, uh... Okay, I mean it's it, it's neat how it's cute how it like closes its eyes and makes a little happy puppy sound, but realistically that was a very awkward way to let you know that the force can be used to heal mortal wounds, corporeal wounds. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But Eric, doesn't that make Luke like a big dick not healing his dad at the end of the movie there? And then why did Luke Kylo might not die? Have known. Luke might not have known. Okay. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll yeah. give you that. I'll yeah. give you that. Yeah, but he why didn't, he didn't have the ancient Jedi text then? Right, right. That's true. Good point. See, but okay. Answer this question: Why? Why didn't Ray die healing Kylo? Why did Kylo die healing Ray? And why? Why wasn't it vice versa? Because Ray, because because Kylo wasn't literally dead when Ray healed him. Right. Yeah. Oh, also, okay. He was dying. Also, okay. Right, but I also think that there a piece of that is that he was more damaged if you will 
at the point where he mm-hmm. brings her back to life. I mean, he'd been thrown down a pit. Yes, yes. He had broken bones. He had the whole thing. Okay. And, uh, yeah. And, I mean, and not to mention the fact that he was still in the process of coming back from having to be healed from a gut wound from his own janky lightsaber. He probably had, probably had like, uh, tetanus in there. Space tetanus. <laughs> Space tetanus. And, damaging. Uh, yeah, well, and so, you know, that was my take on dude, it. Dude, I'm glad. Well, why, why wouldn't it also be that, you know, in some cases you have to look at it, there's the light side of the force and the dark side. He's so far on the dark side that exactly. when he comes to the light mm-hmm. side to use it, that's all he's got. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Where yeah. it's easier for her to do it because her ethics and all those other things. Yeah, she's pure. She's much more she's pure. She's a ray exactly. of light. Oh, there you go. Oh, look at you. So that, that's what I took oh from it. I'm like, yeah, the point. only reason he look went down you. is because, you know, and when, uh, so there's a, uh, in Dragon Ball Z. Not on this show, you don't. Oh, we do. You, you <laughs> oh, have to. oh, we do. In Dragon Ball Z, Vegeta, <laughs> who is an ally of Goku, every time he does something, he's still reminded you were evil. You've killed so many people that yeah. everything you've done still doesn't measure up. Right. You know he's I mean? just so far on the other you're side. You're so, you've been so, for your whole life, you've yeah. been so far on the other side. You know, thank you for helping, but right. you got to go back where you're you an came asshole. From. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, really. It's like, <laughs> yes, it's going to exactly. be a while, you know, before you completely redeem yourself. Your explanations, uh, all God, of your, all of, <laughs> all of your explanations were fucking great because I was asked this question by our buddy, um, Luis at work and I gave the answer that Eric gave. I said he was so, he was already fucked up. So he was already down and out, but you guys all, all put it together there. It was fantastic. I was just playing devil's adv- advocate on that one. Crack squad. Well, sure. And when she, <laughs> she mentions that the way she healed the serpent was transferring a bit of her own life energy mm-hmm. into it. And so if you've got to bring a person back from the dead, I'd say that's probably a pretty heavy percentage. Major trade off. Yeah. The, yeah. Of the, yeah. The trade you've got. And and then when you're already all banged up, that's there's just yeah. not much left. Gotcha. Anything but else? I after watching it today and after talking to my dad, he we came up with the conclusion. He's he said why they decided to kill him. I sort of get it, but I wish they hadn't. And I was surprised to hear my dad say that. But then he says, you know, I do think it would be kind of awkward bringing him around anywhere after that whole thing. And uh I, I mean, I'm very inclined to agree. It's something that mm-hmm. we've all said. And so to have the like the casual observer, if you will, make that I, I do understand the notion of wishing he could have lived through it and lived right. to tell the tale. And but he, in the harsh reality. Yeah, I think I think what happened is pretty much what had to happen. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And they did a great job. I think that's one thing they really excelled on was his arc. I think it was, they did a perfect job. I mean, you guys know, and Luke, you know how much I was anti-redemption and for oh, them to yeah. s- switch me yeah, around. You were pretty like hard that. on him, man. I was, I was really hard on him. And uh, at the end, I was really happy for him. I was happy for for me to be able to be happy for him. It was just very full, man. I was rooting for him. I was rooting for him during that shrug and the fight. It was so cool. They did a great job. Did you guys see that that quick little edit I made of the I Need a Hero song when he came yeah. yes. over the, on the yes. chain? I like that more than any of the edits they did of the throne room scene for <laughs> TLJ. I love all those, but I don't know. It, it just, it was perfect. It just, yeah, it's great. Uh, and you said earlier, Luke, that that moment made up for any other bullshit that happened in your mind. I feel the yeah. same exact way when I'm watching Phantom Menace. 
the scene with Maul, Qui Gon, and Obi Wan, and the music yeah. and that the the just that ending scene makes up for any of the shit and the shit dialogue that's in some of the parts of the film and the, and the not great decisions that Lucas made here and there. I don't give a shit. I, I watch that every single time when it's on, man. It's, I it's, absolutely it's, love it's, it. It's all it's it's that that scene is an all timer. Yes, as is the Ben Solo yes, scene where he fights all Knights of Ren. Yep, it's it's it. You know the way the way it ties into his 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 reflections of his father, like all of it. It's just yep. it's so it's so well done. Like yeah. if you can say nothing else about that movie, that part is amazing. Yes, and you cannot. I mean, in while simultaneously Ray is like deflecting laser bolts, like like literally, like yeah. it's it's just it's so so good. It's I almost really. wish they had show because it's hard to tell what she's doing. It it looks like she's redirecting their laser bolts, and it yeah. just that part moves so quickly. I'd like to see more of what That's she's what doing. From doing it. she was like just just like somebody was, somebody was shooting at her, so he she shot at somebody else. Like it was, right, yeah. Oh, that's what really I, them I didn't even notice that. Yeah, yeah. Watch it again. Yeah, because yeah, she, she, she yeah. wasn't necessarily like deflecting <laughs> with the lightsaber. She yeah. was like deflecting it moving back, them. moving it. Yeah, like so it would be fired at her, and then she'd angle it with That's the force at somebody rad. else. In in addition to di- diverting them with the lightsaber as well. So she was doing both. At the oh, same shit. It was awesome. That's yeah. cool. I gotta go watch it again. Well, she stopped him with her hands too. Yeah. I mean, it just yeah. let it hit it. And uh, you know something I really noticed on that gigantic screen today. Is when she and Kylo are facing off on the remnants of the Death Star, and the back-to-back scenes of them stopping each other's saber with the Force in mid-stroke. That yes. is really cool, yeah. and also the visual, like you can see it vibrating while it's mm-hmm. happening, but you also the it. sound. Yeah, the sound is incredible. Was really, really spot on. Mm-hmm. The thing I, the thing I liked about that, going back to the earliest version of star wars george always wanted to show jedi using these superhuman powers like speed and things flying around the room but i think they realized outside of vader throwing around things during um his duel with luke and empire strikes back it's it's tough to show two jedi at their full power using the force in that way against each other and i think this did it that moment that Eric's talking about, you know, they, they use the force to stop each other and it's, it's very well done. And it just reminded me of that. That's cool. And I think we might get some of that in the high Republic stuff because we're going to tap into some crazy superpower Jedi and Sith that do crazy things that we've never seen. Allegedly not, not against well, each other, not against each other. No, but didn't they do that in, in revenge of the Sith though? Obi Wan and Anakin, didn't they, didn't they, they force push each other and stuff. They yeah, did that mm-hmm. like jazz hands thing. But yeah, it, it didn't. They they stopped each other. They didn't, they didn't. And then they did that like where they're both doing the windmills with their yeah lightsabers. But dude, that dude look more listen, jokey listen, than anything. Listen, people always make fun of that. But the, the but because for me, there's a reason. no 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 for 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 me it represents their connection as master and padawan because it's the move that Obi Wan would have taught him. And so they they were both going through the same motion because they Anakin had learned from them. So yeah. I I don't know like like I can get how it's jokey, but for me for me it never bugged me. I don't know why. But anyways, I would think that Yoda probably displayed the most superhuman or superhero thing when he first went against Dooku 
pound for pound. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He was spinning all over the place. Oh, he was. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? He, he took and the force he, lighting and just like swallowed it. He's oh, like, yeah, he like just swallowed that he shit. He just swallowed and it and he took hand, on Palpatine. Like, okay. And that's like... learn. You still have... Yeah, there and when go. he took on Palpatine, he legit was moving seats and shit, dude. He he did as much There's another Doctor seat. Strange stuff as you could think. And he was still a master with the <laughs> there, see, the, minus the portal. He was a, a beast, and he's old as hell. Dude. That's, that's another scene where the movie might have not. You might not like the dialogue. You might not like some of the decisions that Attack of the Clones. It gets a lot of shit, but that scene incredible was incredible. The crowd was standing up cheering. Oh yeah, never yeah, forget. Yeah, that. Never stopped. Yeah, it was yeah, crazy. Yeah. yeah. Let me hit you guys up with this question: Is the Mandalorian? Is the Mandalorian a better future for Star Wars compared to the new storyline? Not Mandalorian per se. But that type of television on screen at home watching, being able to watch eight episodes weekly, is that better of a future than this new storyline they're trying to introduce to us with new characters, legend, aura, and we need to get behind a new story. You mean the High Republic? Yeah, or any new yeah. story that they bust out. Like, it, are, are we better off getting stories that we know from Taika Waititi and Favreau and, and all these guys? What's your opinion on this? I said this last week on The Motivators that I am falling in love with these smaller stories. We have had these gigantic war stories where everything is, 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 is has to happen right now. All everything matters. There, there's, you have some time for a, a story building, but really it's all about the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. The Mandal, the Mandal, the story of like Rebels and Mandalorian and stuff like that has really drawn my interest and my love more so than um, what's going going right now. Maybe it's partially because of all the online bullshit that like I think it's making harder for me to thoroughly enjoy the Rise of Skywalker. Right. But like, I mean, in, in, enjoy it openly. I guess I don't know what it is, but like, it just kind of sapped the joy of it from me. But I love the, the, the I, I love getting into the nooks and crannies of what's going on in the galaxy, and it, it's it's fun to imagine all these stories that are happening while Luke Skywalker is desperately trying to save the galaxy. What galaxy is he trying to save? I want to see what those stories are. What that what's happening in the background, and I'm not saying that is the best option for the future, but for me. I'm enjoying that kind of story more because you get more detail. You get into it a little bit more and it's just, I don't know, man. It's, 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 it's a lot of fun to see what these quote unquote smaller characters are up to. Yeah. And that's how, that's, that's how I feel right now. That's a great like, point. I look at it like this. I love the Marvel, the big Marvel movies, but I can't get behind agents of shield. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. You know what I mean? You and a lot but, of other people. But you flip it with Star Wars and it's like, for me especially, and I agree with Luke, I want to see more of the little stuff because there's so much going on that we haven't reached all the corners. You know, I know there's the expanded, you know, all the legend stuff and everything like that. But now we have a story. We have a we have Disney who can tell stories. They have Marvel, which has, you know, it's almost like a comic book thing where you get what's called one shots and they just, you know, mm-hmm. Take a little piece of something and go, here's six, here's six issues. Enjoy. And that's what the Mandalorian is. That's what everything should be coming forward. You know, if they do a Cassian, it's just like getting a Cassian comic book series. So 
But you're more excited for that than you would be a new storyline. I'm way more excited okay. for that. The new storylines, obviously I want to see that, but these episodic releases that are, you know, 32 minutes, 20 something minutes, mm-hmm. you know, it's a contained little thing and they can, they can do whatever they want without any real backlash or they don't care. You know, Favreau just doesn't care Yeah, for him to drop baby Yoda and be like, mm-hmm. here you go guys. Like, let's see what happens now was just gutsy. Right. And I like that they have wiggle room. I think your question can be asked in three ways. Big story versus little story, streaming versus movie, and current time period versus new time period. Yep. And regardless of which way you're asking, I think the answer is why not both? Mm. Because you need both to keep people interested and to grow the story. Uh, like Luke said, I, I want to explore the galaxy. I want to see people who don't deal with the big struggle or don't have a part to play in the big good versus evil. But at the same time, I want that big movie every few years. And the big movie every few years doesn't have to have every single, you know, the Mandalorian does not need to be in an episodic movie. That's totally fine. They just have to be related it somehow. And I think that for Star Wars to keep growing, for Star Wars to keep its current audience, for Star Wars to thrive, you need to find a way to do both. I'm just glad that, you know, now Disney Plus is a thing where we know we're going to get these shows. We know they're going to be quality. We know Disney is going to put everything Disney has into it because Disney owns it. Disney is the one, you know, they're not renting it out to Netflix. So why not do both? Yeah. I like that. Well, I think both of them are important to the future of the franchise, both, both directions, because anything they do that's going to have the Star Wars name on it is going to have to have some aspects of familiarity to put it in the Star Wars universe, even though it's way beforehand. We don't necessarily have to have characters that we've heard of, but there are just going to have to be certain things that make you think Star Wars when you see it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we can go into a laundry list of what that is, but like, does it have to have lightsabers? Does it have to have the force? Well, probably because it's freaking Star Wars. (laughs) And so just based on that, you're going to have this level of familiarity. That'll be fine. And you know, they dumped us into a universe that we now love with no no preconceived idea about it when they when the first movie hit in 1977. And I think that's doable again. Uh, it's just going to be a string of characters that you've never met before. I don't think that they even have to come close to trying to tell the exact same story just with new faces or anything like that. Having said all that, I do think that the TV experience and the the short season episode stacks like the Mandalorian are awesome. And I do think it's a whole other avenue to open up in the Star Wars universe because you can get like that slow burn kind of story with it that that you couldn't do otherwise. The thing is, the cinematic event, the big deal, the thing that gets everybody out there, that's always going to be important for this franchise, I think. I agree. I agree with all of you guys. I think it's I I agree with King Tom. I think why not both? I think it's kind of tough not to not to have both because I, I, I see it one way as they want they want the big billion dollar you know money maker. You know, that's what that's what really gets, you know, people in the seats, you know, that's what gets people excited, you know, Forbes articles. Sadly, TV shows, 
kind of go to the wayside on a regular basis. You know, we all love the TV shows and it's something that they put real, real money into it. Like was baby Yoda cost $5 million on his own, which is insane. You know, a, a puppet baby with a little bit of CGI costs five million dollars. Like that about him? Well, you know what he is. How dare you, sir? I know. Well, well the child, the child isn't real, right? How dare you, sir? <laughs> so you're not real. You're, yeah, you're not real. So that's that's the tough thing. Which one would I prefer? I do love the big cinematic experience. I think that's. I think you know Struthers is right where. That's what really, that's the, you know, the main center point of this franchise. You can have as many TV shows as you want, and that's great, but, you know, you've got to have the big blockbuster movie. So if I, if I said they have to pick one, they would pick the movies all day. Okay. The thing is, is that I think it's very clearly obvious that streaming is the future. And it's, and, and yes, there'll be the, the, the cinematic experience and stuff like that. And we've talked about this, you know, Eric, and now we talk about, about how, like, it's getting better and better and easier and easier to get almost a, a theater-like experience in your house. It's getting cheaper and cheaper to get that experience, at least close to it. And it, I think Disney, and the reason why Disney got into this now is they realized how much money that Netflix was paying them to have their properties and stuff like that. And they're realizing, hey, like we're going to have to release original content to keep everybody on around. And I think the stories we're going to get are going to only get better. And, mm-hmm. and I, and I, and I think I'm not, and I'm, I'm never going to take away from the movies. Obviously I really think that, but I really think the streaming service is going to end up becoming the breeding ground of new stories that eventually yeah. become, end up becoming movies. And I, and you're right. Why not have both? The Taco Girl from the GIF, all that good stuff. But like, it really is. But I was completely blown away by the Mandalorian. When we saw it at Celebration, the initial stuff, I was like, man, this is way more than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And if they can, if they can keep up that quality, or even improve the quality, and keep the the talent of filmmakers they're they're they have on this then I think it's going to be a huge growing thing. And I'm and I, and I, like, like, boo, you were saying that sometimes TV falls to the wayside, but weren't we all on holding our breath just waiting for Game of Thrones to come out? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. every, every year, weren't we just like, please, God, give us more. We've we got to know what happened. got to know what's going on. And like, I, I, I get it, but it's I, I think it's more of a mixed bag than we realize right now, especially since the quality of TV has gone up so high compared to what it used to oh, be. Oh, yeah, and you're getting A-list actors, you're getting A-list directors and writers, and totally agree mm-hmm. with you. And keep doing what you're doing. Do not stray from methods that you're doing with The Mandalorian. Let's see it with Cassian. And this is a really quick sec. We'll talk about this real quick and we'll move on, but a segue into the Obi-Wan series. Jason reported rumor that Jar Jar is back. Not only is that cool news, but at the end of the article, he said that he's hearing really, really good things about the Kenobi series. Very, very excited about that. That's, we, that's very cool to hear. Yeah, we are very lucky, people. That's why I said it earlier. We're very lucky to have all this content. Let's just keep it up. Be positive. My Can goodness. I say that I'm completely on board with the idea of Jar Jar talking to Obi-Wan on, t- on Tatooine? Oh, me too. Like, I have no and, problems and, with it. And like going on about like, the trials and trials and tribulations that he's gone through over the last few years, you know, since or since the fallout of everything, and I think Jason even mentioned that they were they were going to be talking about like 
like possibly talking about how how they were all tricked, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's a cool story to tell. And Tom and Eric, I know you both read the aftermath series, so you 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 know about that section with Jar Jar where he became the clown and stuff like that. People, there was mixed reactions on that, but for me, I loved it because it humanized him a little bit and kind of brought him down to a level where he was he become like this like senator type representative type guy from a nobody to something, and then he really fucked up, and then he came back down, and he got to tell a really personal side of himself. And I feel like him talking to Obi-Wan next to a campfire on Tatooine for just an episode or something. How cool would that be for Ahmad Best? Yes, uh, yes, know. incredible. And, and it better be nobody but Ahmed Best. Yes. Like, you know, oh, yeah, I, 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 yeah. yeah, that would be an insult. And I heard yeah. he's got a cool Luke Cruiser and Dallas Wood beard going on. That's allegedly. He? Allegedly, he's got a cool beard going. I have no doubt. I, that's a good-looking man. I, 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 I bet he makes a good beard. I, well, at least Misa thinking that. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> ah. All right, <laughs> let's, let's move on. Let's move on. Fantastic talking all that Star Wars with the experts of Star Wars, obviously. Can't just go and not talk an hour about Star Wars, for God's sakes. But let's get into an email, and then we'll move on to... Comic book TV movie news. We'll get into our music minute. Let's read uh, an email from uh, our boy, Colton Michael, who we could also call Michael Colton if we want. (laughs) Here we go. Uh, Howdy, guys. Hope y'all are doing well and that your holidays were filled with love, booze, and Star Wars. Uh, I'm writing in tonight to talk about an Avatar 2. Apparently, James Cameron has been secretly screening footage from the upcoming movie with unfinished effect. Avatar 2 test footage is apparently codenamed CAT, and I'm sure that Emily (laughs) Lynn got a chance to catch one of the test screenings in New York, but that's still unconfirmed on my end. I'm actually writing in to talk about Knives Out 2, Mm. or whatever they decide to call this. A part of me is concerned that this will further strain Ryan Johnson and Lucasfilm's relationship. No. It seems like they've strung Ryan along for a couple years now and still don't have anything definite planned. It's a bummer because I love his movies and The Last Jedi. But I'd understand at this point if he says, fuck it, and moves on with his career. Maybe I'm being a bit too pessimistic. But how would y'all feel if in a few weeks or months we learn that Lucasfilm and Ryan have parted ways due to time constraints? I'd personally be bummed, but I'd still be excited for the project, both rumored or confirmed, coming out of Lucasfilm in the next five years. Cheers. I actually saw something, an article that had a quote from Ryan Johnson, and he he's being very coy about the Lucasfilm thing. Every time you ask him something, the reporters ask him something, he goes, well, we're still, we're still talking. We're still talking. We're still talking. I don't think it's the fact that they don't have anything done. I think they have something done a hundred percent. And I think he's just not saying it. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't think they're going to let him go with the success of knives out. I think that it's already set and they're just waiting for all the announcements to come out that he's going to be in charge of, what it is. I don't know what the hell it is. So uh, I, I know you're pessimistic, but Colton, I think that we're going to hear good news from the whole Ryan Johnson thing. That's just me talking out of my ass. But yeah, bring it, Luke. Because Luke and Luke and I have gone back and forth on Twitter about this this week. Oh, really? Okay. What, what do you guys think? I didn't, I didn't see that. Okay. Uh, Dallas, what, you want to say something really quick before we get started here? Well, it's related to the email. Um, if you guys recall, Nobody was getting the vibe that Ryan was off this project until after celebration. That was like seven months ago. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. like I just think this is fan created. 
just at the mm-hmm. end of the day, mm-hmm. I don't let people on the internet influence me. <laughs> That's good. yeah, good, good thing to have, especially if his name's Tom Chansky. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> that is why you fail. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Well no, so okay, so. Tom and I have had our, our, our little online spats. Wait, wait a minute. What did you just call you him? call him King Tom in this goddamn podcast. I don't call him nothing. I don't know <laughs> Tom Chansky. Oh. I'm 20 lashings Tom. in the See public square. Shame. 20 up. lashings in the Shame. public square. Bring it on. So Tom and I have had several discussions about this on Twitter, off Twitter. <laughs> Tom posted the other day about this, and I remain cautiously optimistic about Ryan Johnson's trilogy. And here's why. They announced that that this thing is happening before they had the the Game of Thrones dudes on, right? Like it was it was like it was like we're gonna have Ryan Johnson coming out with this whole set of movies, boom. And then they started mentioning the Game of Thrones dudes, and then it kind of like, well, we're gonna maybe do whatever, but it was never officially announced what it was gonna be, and it was kind of up in the air who was gonna go first, when it was gonna go first. Mm-hmm. And ever since they have announced that Ryan was having a, a more movies. It's been nothing but coy. It's been nothing but maybe this happening. We're still working on it. This is going on. We're still, we're still in talks, but nothing's, nothing's on the slate. It, and I'm not, I want his movies to happen. I really, really do. It's not that I don't want to. It's just I'm just looking at it, trying my best not to be biased about it. Mm-hmm. But ever since they've announced that, there's been, like, of course, been this huge, constant battle online about The Last Jedi ruining everything it's all this other shit and it's and it's not even the twitter people that are doing it it's the it's the it's the the people who are are writing these articles and these big magazines that, are, that always bring up the last jedi was divided amongst fans even if it wasn't and so it and while disney and, and disney has even mentioned that they kind of listen to the fans and do all that but they should not but they do mm-hmm. it's it's you have to like for me, you have to look at it and be like, it's probably still happening, but it's definitely not as concrete as it felt a year and a half ago when they announced it. So like, 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 that's, that's my whole thing. Okay. I get why you're saying that. But consider that Lucasfilm all but announced Trank is doing Boba Fett. And then he went shit up a hotel room and they had to can't. They had all this stuff with Rogue One, they had Lord Miller happen. They don't know what their next batch of movies is going to be. They're still working that out. However, they have Ryan Johnson, who his movie was the reason they were financially successful in fiscal in the last fiscal quarter of 2017, but they were in 2018. His movie is the one of two Star Wars. Well, I think it's no, it's the only Star Wars movie that they've made and produced. That was on time, without drama, and under budget. And like you said, a lot of this will he, won't he thing is manufactured by the people who are writing the art. But keep it, look, look, just look at the overall dynamic here. Star Wars is Disney. Ryan Johnson is an employee of Star Wars, Lucasfilm, Disney. It's not his place to announce, hey, I'm doing Star Wars. If I'm going to guest star on the Bad Motivators, I'm not going to go out and tell everyone, Hey guys, I'm going to be on the next 10 episodes of The Bad Motivators. I'm going to let you do that for me because it's your podcast. Ryan Johnson isn't going out there, hey, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, because it's not his place. It's Disney's call. And as, as far as Star Wars, you know, he was saying today 
um, he put out a diagram of a plot line of from Knives Out, and it looked really cool. He, and he said, someone asked him about it, and he says, "Yeah, I do this for all my movies." And someone said, "Well, what about Last Jedi?" And he said, "Well, I have it in a vault somewhere, but I'll I'll dig it up and do that." If he didn't want anything to do with Star Wars, he would just ignore that. Maybe. Yeah, that's my case. And and I I feel like he the way he smiles and talks about it, the way he's very coy about it, it's like I'm something just chill, guys. Fucking King Tom with the fucking flipping off King now. With the heat, yeah. man. King Tom's just just I I like this King Tom. This might get me fired, but I'm with King Tom. Ooh. <laughs> Okay, that's fine. That's fine. All right, let, let's declaring your fealty right now. Yeah, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I like I that. Fucking bend the knee, Dallas. Jesus oh, Christ. Oh, <laughs> you say grab the knees. Oh, oh go. God. Bend the knees. Woo! All right, let's move on to an email from anonymous. By the way, let's see if we can figure out who Ooh. the hell this is. Have we pissed them off? Too? I don't know. We're gonna find out. I haven't read it. All right, here we go. See, the hacktivist. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I hope not. Dear sir or madam Sithless manager. I write you with a heavy heart. I've been a longtime listener of the Sith List. It has always met my geek culture need. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, there was an ugly turn in this week's episode. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I am insulted, and I find the entire situation appalling. Uh-oh. Your staff Uh-oh. was extremely cruel and inconsiderate staff? of Mr. Eric Struthers. What? We were inconsiderate of Eric. What do we do with Tim? Eric? Mr. Eric staff. I am so upset by your staff's reaction to Mr. Struthers' joke. That I figured that maybe I'll call or I'll write you a letter. (laughs) Maybe we'll see on the 4th of July, but I'm not too sure and I'm not too proud. Well, I'm not sure and I'm not too proud to say, aha, it was good. Lead singer, better than Ezra, Kevin Griffin. Sent from my Atari 2600 XS Max. Oh, well, there it is. Sent from Atari 2600. That's Tracy Moon. Well, well, signed so, Eric Struthers burner account. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jim, any crickets? It wasn't me. Call me the king of New Tracy. In the bathroom wasn't me. <laughs> there it is. All right, let's move on to this. Oh, yeah. All right, so we've done Rush in the music... Neil doesn't want to stop. <laughs> Neil doesn't stop. Neil doesn't yeah. stop. Um, we've done Never. Rush in a music minute before, but we're going to do a special music minute because we lost this last week. One of the most influential people in art, I would say, let's just say music, television, and that in my life, I go into my first Rush show, I think in eighth grade during the Presto tour, my brother took me. I think it was the third concert I'd ever been to. I think Duran Duran was number one, Bon Jovi was number two, and Rush was number three, and that it changed my fucking life. I went out and bought a bass guitar. I sucked playing it, but I went and bought a bass guitar because I thought I could jam like Getty Lee. I always try to air drum Neil Peart, or it's pronounced Peart, as I, I've learned over the last uh, week or so. But this guy back there who is nicknamed The Professor just blew my mind playing drums, and later to find out, that he writes every lyric to every song they've ever written, except for the first album. Um, we lost him. He had brain cancer for the last three years. Didn't tell anybody. Living here in, in Southern California, in Santa Monica, with his wife and his 10-year-old daughter. And this is a guy that midway through Rush's career, lost his wife to cancer. And then two months later, lost his daughter and his dog in a horrific car accident. So he's gotten through some horrific, horrible things in his life and got on a motorcycle and traveled 55,000 miles across 
this country and Mexico and Canada and wrote two books and is considered one of the greatest rock drummers or drummers of all time. And he wrote the soundtrack to my childhood growing up. And I, I'm not a musician and I'm going to go to Eric on this one, but I understand how important he is to the bands that I really love. Foo Fighters came out and talked about how important he was. Smashing Pumpkins, yeah. Billy, Billy Corgan came out and said there would be no Smashing Pumpkins if it wasn't for Rush and Neil Peart. Yeah. Uh, Tool did this whole tribute to, to Neil. I am so happy he's finally getting the accolades and rushes of all the amazing influence that you, a generation of musicians. So I want to throw it to Eric, talk about Neil a little bit. Rush is, is and has been such a unique band in the fact that they're, they came out in a time where you could put out prog records that were these huge, uh, like rock operas practically, or it's a concept album, and people were like, yeah, cool, eight-minute song on the radio, sure thing, no <laughs> words in it, even cooler. Song about computers taking over the world, you say, all righty. And even then, they pushed the limits of it to what what was possible. And I can remember hearing Rush for the first time. I think, the weirdly enough, everybody's like, oh, the first Rush song I heard was Tom Sawyer. I think yeah. the first Rush song I ever heard was the, uh, um, the uh, Priest of Syrinx. And... Uh, which is a totally weird thing to to do, but they introduced a level of complexity and musicality to songs that honestly could be considered like well-known in the mainstream. Okay. I'm not going to say super popular, but well-known in the mainstream. Everybody knows Tom Sawyer, everybody. But when you think about the lyrical content of that and the arrangement and the magnitude, but just the, the rhythmic complexity, it's a huge deal, man. You take a song that I feel like is probably, and maybe people are going to crap on me for this, but one of Rush's probably best written songs. Uh, I mean, that's a very hard thing to quantify, but <laughs> is, is, is Subdivision. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that song has the hook. It it rushes you over the head with meaning the at the uh metaphorical nature of it just plus the way they managed to grab hold of prog sensibilities pop sensibilities and just killer musicianship executed in a way that makes it seem easy and normal dude it, and you got neil peart to thank for that i mean from the lyrical content to the whole idea structure of these songs plus without his drumming that band wouldn't have done what they did. I was prepared for you to say "Bye Tour" and the Snow Dog. Oh, such <laughs> a good song! Yeah, that's, that's, so too, that's a great But remember, one, they got they got in trouble because it was super long. Yeah, and that was like wasn't that Neil's first album he wrote? Yeah, that was Neil's first album that he was on, and they came out with "Bye Tour," and the, and the studio came out and said, "The fuck is "Bye Tour" and the Snow Dog?" And they, they stuck yeah. to their guns and they just just they went with it. I'll never forget being in seventh grade and my buddy who's a self-taught guitarist says to me, listen to this band. And then I'm like, what the hell is this? But it's amazing. Because I was into Led Zeppelin at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, I don't know if that's a natural transition for you guys, but 
I was really into all that just musicianship, yeah. even though I'm like you, Araj, I'm not a musician right. per se where I play an instrument, but I played instruments in my life. Yeah. But I understand, you know, there's just a connection with your soul with music. Yes. And absolutely. these guys like totally like, especially Neil, like having seen him four times. And I know you've seen him a ton times more. Yeah. Like over 20. Dude, just be in there, just be in there with him in the same room, even if you're sitting like in the 50th, whatever row and you can, he looks like a peanut. You, yeah. you, you just feel that clear back. He, oh yeah. He was just, it, it's real. And, and with the song that Eric's talking about subdivisions means so much to my generations and geekdom and star Wars fans. And cause the song's about yeah. not fitting in school and trying to, trying to be cool with the cool kids and, and trying to do everything that they do, but it just is not working. It's it's such a great song, and it's done so well. And the guitar solo on that song is fucking amazing. But the thing is with Neil, is like you try to practice his, like trying to air drum his shit, you never could get it down, ever. It's so complex, his drumming, that you can never freaking get his drum uh, air drumming down at all, ever. And I was talking to Eric also about the, if you're a Primus fan, back in the day, Primus was pretty big back in the day and they're great musicians and huge rush fans I actually saw them open up for rush about a tour later their drummer who's also considered a fantastic drummer herb he yeah. learned how to play drums by air drumming and getting it down to a science every neil pert song he never took lessons so he only learned by just air drumming neil mm. wow yeah very very cool unless we went to a couple of shows right yeah and you remember after i remember les looked at me yeah. midway yeah. through and he goes how is this only three musicians up there? Yeah. I'm, and he's like, there's right. got to there's, there's be somebody else like down low. I go, no, right? they're not. There's nobody else there. There's it's just, just those three, three guys. And I'm going, what? Really? This, this can't be happening. There's got to be something. And then seeing his solos, which was like, oh. you know, his own, his little halftime show, if you want to call it. It really that. was. Yeah, it really was. And it became, it became the thing. The rhythm method became... Yes what you go to a rush show for. Yeah. A lot of people were like, I'm just here for, for to see. Yeah. Do and you thing. can see drummers just go. It's funny. Cause when you go to a rush show, you see bass players just there to see Getty. You see guitarists, you see Alex. And then you see a shit ton of drummers just there, just focusing on Neil. I always thought that was really, really interesting, but it's sad. You know, your heroes that you grow up with that, you know, like I said, he, they, he wrote the lyrics of the soundtrack of my childhood growing up. Mm -hmm. You know, you were losing these, them. And it just sucks. It just sucks. And I, we always do a moment of sound instead of a moment of silence. I wanted to play a clip of the professor, Neil Peart. I've always liked a quote from Bob Dylan. The highest purpose of art is to inspire. What else can you do for anyone but inspire them? It is gratifying to think of us having inspired these youngsters to pick up a pair of drumsticks, a guitar, a rhyming dictionary, and torment their parents as we tormented ours. All the previous inductees into this pantheon of rock are like a constellation of stars in the night sky. Among them, we are one tiny point of light, shaped like a maple leaf. Around each star swirls a galaxy, in our case, a galaxy of families. The families that raised us, elevated us, and now the families that ground us. Those who remain and those who are gone. All right. I've never, badass. I've never actually, because I, I, I knew that he was surrounded by, because his drum set is massive. Yeah, I didn't know that he was like fully encased. Oh yeah, he's in case. his drum set or, yeah. or in his in his setup. I was like, 
because I, I I knew it was huge because all the sounds that he, uh, that he's able to do. I didn't. I've never actually seen the above shot of him. He is surrounded. Oh yeah, by the drum set. That's yeah, he awesome. started that whole thing. And Danny Carey from Tool. If you go see Tool, uh-huh. he has yep. the same exact setup. Really? Yeah, Damn. you can tell that. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, you, you can only see like the front and right. know, the sides a little bit. I've never actually known that they're just fucking just surrounded. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Can I go pee? No, no, no. And, <laughs> and if you've never seen a solo, it's remarkable. And it, he has it linked up. He has every cymbal and every drum linked up to specific sounds, like a horn section, mm-hmm. all kinds of different instruments, like a big band kind of thing. So yeah. he goes into this whole big band thing, just him solo, but he's hitting the cymbals and they're, oh, it's just fucking amazing. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about Morbius. This is a movie that I was not excited for whatsoever. I was like, what the hell is this? And you guys try to explain to me what the hell this is. And Les and King Tom, Morbius is kind of like a Dracula figure, correct? In the Marvel Universe? No. No? Because Dracula is in Marvel Universe. Okay, so Morbius is like a Batman? Because well, what, you'll understand why I'm asking this. Because so Morbius when we see the trailer. King Tom, I'll take, I guess I'm taking the lead. Yeah, uh, go ahead. <clears throat> Morbius, if I'm not mistaken, is kind of like, so Mr. Freeze is kind of the same way, right? Like they tried, he tried to save his wife. Okay. If yeah. I'm not mistaken. And then he did an experimental thing to keep his wife alive on himself. Okay. And it turned him into a living vampire. Okay. So he's Got the product you. of that. That's- now, he went evil because of that for a very long time. Uh, battled Spider-Man when Spider-Man had the six arms. Okay. Yep. And then, I think that was his first appearance. Yes. So Spider-Man had six arms. He mutated. Okay. Six arms. And then apparently, he be- he's become an anti-hero. So he's, right. become he's become Venom. Venom, Wolverine, Punisher, that kind of thing. Okay. So okay. that's the the quick there quick, you go. The quick there you go. Okay. That's, that's Have your... we seen this trailer, uh, all of us, or no? Yeah. I, I haven't seen it. All right. Oh, wow. So this was interesting to me because there's some Spidey references here. Here we go. Michael, I've known you since you were a child. Please. You have a gift. You always have. If there's an answer to your disease, you'll find it. So on this one, he has the disease, evidently, correct? Is that a little okay. off? It may be a little. I, I might not be fully. Okay. No. Why am I still here if not to fix this? Wait, is that the Joker? <laughs> Actually, you know what? I think that's the truth. Okay. I'm just very surprised they use certain things in this trailer. And you'll... I'll explain. Mm-hmm. I want to see you get hurt more than you already have. This would be a cure. He cuts himself. And this is the scene where I was like, you're really going to bust out like this Batman scene on this? Like where it yeah, swirls I around? I think this is Jared Leto's secret fantasy. That's why the Joker. I can... <laughs> I agree. He wanted to be Batman. Mm-hmm. Don't be all. Right. You're not big enough, Jared Leto. No. They would tell you all these popular movies. This, especially this scene right here so where the bats this. are swirling around him. But, I mean, it does look interesting. now. Damn, he went and got yoked the hell yeah, out, he Yeah, he did. Bro, he Jeez. got a bow flex. <laughs> you got a bow flex, yeah. 
echolocation. 20 minute ab, we're like seriously mm -hmm. working. <laughs> to consume blood. The response has been pretty good about this trailer. I think people are. Look at it. It's this murder Spider over Spider-Man. Did you see that? Uh, yeah. 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 There's something else in here you're going to like, King Tom. Until the remedy. <laughs> is worse than the disease. Morbius. And here we go, King Tom. Michael Morbius. Got tired of doing the whole good guy thing, huh? What's up, Doc? No. So obviously Is he supposed to be Tombs? Yeah. Yeah, that's the vulture. Yeah. That's the vulture. Yeah. If you saw on Twitter, everybody's like, what the hell's going on? Uh, that automatically leads me to question a lot of things. Mm -hmm. It looks great. It looks pretty cool, right? But my question is now... Sony gets Spider-Man back after a few years, right? Like two more years or something? But no, they've agreed on a deal. So he, he might come back, but he's allowed to go back there too now. Okay, so now my question is, if Venom is set up as a hero... Mm-hmm. Right now he, he, he was a hero. Yeah, yeah. He's a hero in, the, in that, this that Sony-verse. Eats, that eats people. In the Sony-verse. <laughs> is Morbius going to end up becoming a hero also if he's facing off potentially against the Vulture? Now, are they going to end up having where Spider-Man has to team up with those two guys? Yes. Venom and Morbius? Well, I heard what the rumor was that Spidey is going to team up with Venom to go after Carnage. Now, maybe Spidey's going to make an appearance, but obviously they're, Spidey's a murderer. There's a poster on there that said murderer. So that ending mm -hmm. that we saw from Far, Far From, from Home, Home yeah. is intertwined with this. It has oh, to. of course, yeah, it has connected, to be. Right? The, then there's the other issue. Blade is coming. Yeah, that looks very bladeish. Now you see when you say blade, you make me put the fucking soundbite of the the trance song on now. Well, I'm just gonna tell you right now, Blade is on his way, and he's gonna do a damn superhero drop. Yes. And if there's anybody that Blade goes full blown fight mode at, where's the sign? It's Morbius. Oh, Morbius. If I'm not mistaken, it's like you're a vampire. I'm here to kill you. You know they've crossed paths real cut and dry multiple times. Okay. What the hell? I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but I like it. I, it, it looks cool. Yes, yes. I'll give it, it a chance. Look, would they even bring in the Scorpion? Because he was in jail with I think so. The Vulture. So, so yeah, he was. That's my other point now. So what happens is, are they going to gear toward a Sinister Six? That's mm -hmm. the rumor. Yeah, and then that's what, the rumor. But then what do we get? Do we get Spider-Man, Venom, and Morbius versus the Sinister Six? I don't know. I don't know. No. What do you guys think? Does this excite you at all when you when you see this? You go like, okay, I like how this is developing. This can turn into something. I had almost no opinion about it before I saw the trailer. I, me, I me too. I, I saw Jared Leto. And I was like, uh, all right, you were just bitching a whole lot about Joker, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. I was like, uh, all right, you're a bit of a prima donna. All right, well, I think it looks good. I think he he obviously plays the 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 dark moody character pretty well. So I'm I'm not against it. I think it looks good. I um I, I liked Morbius in the um in the animated Spider Man series, which is about as far back as my my uh Spider Man knowledge goes. I think I've read maybe one or two Spider Man comics my entire life. So 
that's that's where it goes for me. And I and I, and I remember him being that he could only have he had to have plasma, like which, which I know, which is which is an element of blood, obviously. But like that's what he, it was specifically saying. I need plasma. All I need mm-hmm. plasma. So like it, I don't know. I'm I'm into it. I do like I said during the trailer. I do think it's a sick, twisted fantasy of Jared Leto. He always wanted to be Batman, but he never got cast. Yeah, because he's a because he's the sad little boy in the corner that's going to be that 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 doesn't going to become Batman, <laughs> and so he became the Joker and that failed horribly. And uh, now he's being his own, have his own Batman origin story, but uh, vampire. I don't know. I think it's cool. I hope we. I hope as far as the Sinister Six goes. I would like I like to see some 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 Doc Ock again. I'll yeah, absolutely. I was kind of waiting for Blade to like shove that shit in his chest, but hey, you know, <laughs> that'd be hey, that'd be so cool, right? Wouldn't it be cool like a Blade, like Morpheus, Morpheus, whatever this thing's called? Oh, you want Morpheus from Matrix too? I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. Just bring it, just know, bring it all, dude. Bring it all, all in, man. Matrix like, Four's coming out. Spider Spider Man baddies, because you know this is what we're gonna make money on. Yeah, yeah. it's still cool. I'll see it. Yeah, you know, it looks I cool. I love Venom. There's people who hated Venom, but no, I, mean, I, I realized it. totally flawed. But I loved it. Oh, it was fun. It was fun. It was a fun yeah. popcorn film, and they did it right. They didn't think it was something and, that it wasn't. And then the other thing about Morbius, so you saw his appearance at the end where he looked really. And fans are very excited about that because it's straight from a panel, I guess. No, no, no. Be, because yeah. the thing is, too, is I guess if he doesn't feed, he turns more vampire-like. He becomes Damn. more, oh, shit. more okay. undead. So like Damn. that means he's like literally like at like he's very hungry. He hasn't had any uh, plasma Snipes, or blood. Get in the gym. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, that's Mahershala Ali. <laughs> Mahershala Ali's already don't, casted. Don't do it. Yeah, he's Blade oh, now. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, cool. it's so great. It's so great. Yeah, Boo, you excited about this? I know you're not a big Spidey fan at all. No, not at all. But yeah, no, it does look good. I, I wasn't really looking that that much forward to Morbius, but you know, uh, you know the like with Venom, I'm going into it. Yeah, you know, I'm. It's gonna be a good movie. It looks, it looks good. I, I have more hope for it now than I did before. So I guess that's productive. Um, yeah, and it's yeah, it's exciting. Funny thing about the whole bats thing, I get that Batman is the bat. You know, he is the bats. Hence the name. Yes, exactly. He doesn't own bats necessarily. You know what I mean? Mm. I, I I I I get that you you see bats. I th- instantly I think of. Batman, where's he at? Right. He's about to swoop in. Have I fucked up? Have I done anything? <laughs> so he's about to whoop my ass. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, he doesn't own bats necessarily. So it's like it's like one of those people are like, oh, this is, looks like Batman. And I was like, well, yeah, they're bats. They're bats. They're the same creature if, for everybody. So yeah. yeah. So it's just funny to to hear that, and I agree because that's the first thing I thought. I was like, oh fuck, where's Batman? Yeah. Yeah. I was. I, it, and what's funny is that scene that we made fun of the first one. It looks like. And Batman Begins, where he just stands there. Yes, that's in the middle what I was talking bats. about. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I get the, I get yeah, the similarities. Yeah. That's a little. Well, I was like, I don't mind the bat thing, but just you, you're really pushing it. Yeah, this th- one. that was pushing it. Yeah. That was, but I'll agree with that. Yeah. But it's funny to be like, oh, it's bats. I'm like, well, yeah, but that was. Exactly. I agree. That's pushing because yeah. essentially you switch out Christian Bale with uh with Jared Leto, and you're like, oh, look at that. Yeah, yeah. Keep like, down. What were you gonna say? I was just going to say, going off what Boo said, if, if he has echolocation, that's more Bat than Batman can ever be. That's true. True, true that. Good call. So he's one. a ripoff of Man Bat then. Man Bat. That's <laughs> right. Man Bat. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to fact check myself. It was actually, he did an experiment on himself. Okay, so they got he had right. a blood condition. Oh, okay. Gotcha. The damn, but, you the know, damn plasma. Mr. Freeze did something like that. The Beast yeah. did something like that, too. Crack team. Okay. 
crack team is on it. All right, let's end this thing with one last crazy ass thing. Now, the we always complain about Marvel not putting, well, we do at least. We always wanted to see the Marvel Netflix show characters on the big screen. And not it, all of them. Well, not, not all of them, but we, yeah, not all of them. Not Danny Rand, but everybody else pretty much. But we do have something from the DCEU. They have crossed over kind of like this episode here. Like they've done what we've done. They've kind of bit our rhyme a little bit. But they brought Ezra Miller into the CW shows, The Crisis on Infinite Earth Part 9 or 20 or whatever the fuck it is. We don't talk about it, but it's a, it is a big deal in comic book TV news. They actually brought Ezra, Ezra Miller into a scene with the Flash that is currently... Grant Gustin's Flash. Yeah, Grant Gustin's Flash. And they stare at each other and they look at each other. And it's a pretty crazy dialogue. But I thought it was interesting. I thought, good for them for stepping up and doing it, man. It was uh, pretty interesting. If you haven't seen it, that Ezra Miller kills it. He's pretty funny in it. Um, hello? <laughs> what the hell is this? I'm asking myself the same question. Literally. No, this this can't be happening. This you sh- What are you doing here? Well, I'll tell you that when you tell me where here is is this cosplay oh do you want a selfie bro no, no, i'm not, sorry i don't we're not no i'm also the flash you also the what the flash the flash the flash it's complicated i like your outfit it seems thick and comfy yours is pretty cool smooth and safe and breathable I'm Barry Allen. No! What does that mean? How can this... This should be impossible now. It should be impossible now? You don't know about the... Oh my God, don't do this to me. I don't know about the what. You okay? I told Victor this was possible. What does this mean? What do you think about that, Leslie? This is something that makes sense? That it makes sense because, yes, that's what Crisis on Infinite Earths is, is is all of the different Earths and all the versions of the heroes and villains on there. In crises. In crisis. You know, basically, you know, their their worlds are melding together because their worlds are all being destroyed. So, yes, it would make sense that the cinematic Justice League would be interacting with the small screen Justice Right. To try to figure something out. So... And with the Flash, you get all kinds. Of, you can do all kinds of stuff. Could help set up the new Flash movie, which apparently is supposed to be the new rewriting yes. of the DC extended right. universe, right? If I'm not mistaken, it's supposed to be uh, Flashpoint. I mean, they could intake the events from what happens here mm-hmm. and go from there. So, I mean, this is a good foundation for them to build on, and it's yeah. actually really damn cool to see. Yeah, that. it was cool. I was so which, surprised. I couldn't believe it. Actually, which means you know, if they wanted to, they could bring everybody, man. Like. They really could. Zachary Levy could show up and just really say could. Shazam and Don't there say, you go. Where is he? Where is he? <laughs> I mean, that'd be awesome. That would dude. be rad. That would be rad. By the way, people, I started watching The Watchmen. I'm in episode two. Holy shit balls. That's all I'll say for now until I get more into it. Holy shit balls. You're going to say more. <laughs> get ready. Lorraine I'll is be like, honest. I, I'm Lor- surprised it took you this long. Bro. I know. Well, I know. I, I canceled HBO after Succession was done. Uh, and uh, but now I've, I've, I'm on it again. 
So I know Booze watched it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm on just, two. I'm just an episode ahead of you. Yeah. And oh, the Outsider, wow. the Stephen King True Detective version of a new show. I heard it's phenomenal with Mendo. Mendo's in it. Mm-hmm. And then um, I heard in the Outsider, uh, Ralph Macho's in it. Tom Cruise is in it. Uh, Patrick Swayze's in it. Rob Blow's in it. Emilio Estevez. Estevez is That's in right. it. Matt yeah. Dillon. Yeah. Matt Dillon's in it. Yeah. That's right, man. Leif, Leif Garrett's in it. That's right, dude. Badass, dude. Those greasers, man. Those socias are fuckers, dude. Assholes. Fucking stay gold, pony boy. <laughs> stay gold. Well, that wraps up this dude. episode. What? <laughs> what happened? No, just that movie freaking ruled. I love that movie. I, I used to have yeah, posters of The too. Outsiders on my wall. I read the book multiple times. I, I, I love that the book had a different cover because the book came out first. Mm-hmm. And, oh, God. Fuck, I love that movie. I think that's one of the most underrated films ever. Francis Ford Coppola killed it in that film. Well, and that launched everyone. I have no you idea. You realize we grew up with all well, these guys. It launched me, let me tell you. I'm just saying, like, we grew up with the majority of those actors as, like, Wait. in most of our movies. Rewind. What did you just say? I have no idea what you guys are talking about. You've never seen The Outsiders? No, I'm, I'm fucking oh, Okay, I'm okay. <laughs> I will kill you dead, dude. Because uh, we, we, would, we would watch Outsiders do commentary while we're watching it with you. That's a coming of age Less fucking reaction. requirement. All you, I'm going to say is, is not, me. for your sports analogy, sorry, for your sports analogy, you would look at it as this is the team of all Hall of Famers. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's their rookie year. The ultimate team. Yeah. yeah. And they're the dark horse in the tournament. Mm-hmm. They just don't have all the hard work and talent. You know, they, yeah. there it is. Dude. There right you there. go. I there got you. Go. No, no, I, I, I know. I've, I've seen, I've seen the Outsiders. We'll yes, do it for Johnny. And you got Stevie Wonder singing Stay Gold at the end. Come on. All right, let's uh, end this podcast right there. I want to thank the bad motivators for coming on to this crossover episode. And I want to thank them for staying up so late. Luke looks like he's already asleep. Um, but but I, I thank you, Luke, for staying up so late and uh, being with us. Dallas, thank you for coming on for about 50% of the episode. We really <laughs> appreciate it. No, no, I'm just kidding. Thank you, man. We really appreciate it. Sorry it took so long. You got to come back maybe in our 500th episode. But we really appreciate both of you guys coming on. Just kidding, Dallas. I love you. I love you. Love you, buddy. I love all you guys. I can't wait to be with the motivators during Star Wars Celebration. It's going to be fucking great uh, and hang out and party. And um, Dallas, please let everybody know where they can find you on the Twitter at, landscape and all that. Uh, at Tarkin Tangents. At Tarkin Tangents. Okay. And Luke Cruiser, where can they find you? At Luke Cruiser. You fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you need us to say, damn it? <laughs> uh, Carlos Buarguer, where can they find you? Uh, at the Sith List, Boo. <laughs> Less- <laughs> Did I do the same thing? Please. Uh, Atlas, on on Atlas. Twitter, at LessMore78. The Chan Chansky. <laughs> at Tom Chansky. And the man who has hair like buttermilk biscuits. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. At Taylor Swift 13. <laughs> and you can find me at I Love Beyonce on Twitter. <laughs> mm. Check us out next week on episode 181 of The Sith List. Google Watch Outsiders. <laughs>